0: Q and Review, celebrating 40 years of audio production, welcomes you to this week's edition of the Glasgow Times Sports Podcast, recorded from our studio in the Bishop Bragg's Media Centre and by our volunteers working from home. Keep up to date with Q and Review news via our Facebook, Twitter or Instagram at Cue and Review that's at sign C-U-E-A-N-D-R-E-V-I-E-W or get in touch with us directly by emailing information at That's I-N-F-O-R-M-A-T-I-O-N at sign C-U-E-A-N-D-R-E-V-I-E-W dot C-O-M Or by calling 0141 772 3976 Please like and share our podcast and give us constructive feedback.
1: Evening Times Sport September 19 Celtic announce record-breaking profit Report by Aidan MacDonald Celtic have confirmed a record-breaking pre-tax profit of £40.7 million in their latest set of financial results. The Scottish champions won a treble last season while also returning to the Champions League group stages for the first time since the 2017-18 campaign. Group revenue has increased by over 35% to £119.9 million from £88.2 million. Operating expenses including labour increased from 4.0% to £95.4 million alongside a gain on sale of player registrations of £14.4 million from £29 million. There was an acquisition of player registrations of £13.0 million changing from £38.4 million. The sales of Jota and Carol Starfelt were not included in the results. Year-end cash net of bank borrowings stands at £72.3 million, compared to £30.2 million last year. Chairman Peter Lowell said in a statement as part of the accounts, our successfully proven strategy has delivered stability and footballing success over many years and remains the same. We must balance the signing of players that can be developed and sold when conditions are optimal alongside the need to sign players who are able to make an immediate impact and deliver footballing success. The execution of this strategy is increasingly challenging owing to wage and transfer inflation but this formula has underpinned both our footballing success and financial stability over a number of years now and it is vital that we adhere to it. Report by Aidan MacDonald Evening Times Sport September 19 Celtic seeking to settle Boys Club child sex abuse claims. Report by Gabriel Mackay. Celtic are reportedly prepared to settle legal claims of abuse at Celtic Boys Club. Several former coaches and officials at the youth club have been sentenced for child sex abuse in recent years, but the Premiership side had maintained it was a separate entity, but lawyers acting for the former players argue the boys club and Celtic were intimately connected and the senior club was vicariously liable for assaults carried out in the youth setup. According to BBC News, lawyers for more than 20 former players have been told by the club that it intends to enter settlement negotiations. In March 2022, a judge in the United States gave permission for plaintiffs to bring a class action lawsuit against Celtic FC with a hearing scheduled for October at the court of session before Lord Atherson. It is now reported that the club is willing to enter into settlement negotiations without admitting to liability. Report by Gabriel Mackay. Evening Time Sport, September 19. Celtic boss issues Kyogo Larson Challenge. Report by Matthew Lindsay. Brendan Rogers has challenged Kyogo Furohashi to emulate legendary Celtic striker Henrik Larsson on the eve of the Parkhead Club's match with Fuyenuert by scoring important goals in Europe over a prolonged period. Furohashi has become a huge fans favourite at the Glasgow Giants since completing a £4.6 million pound move from Visal Kobe in his native Japan back in 2021, but he failed to score in any of the six Champions League group games last term. Rogers has been hugely impressed with the 28-year-old centre forward since returning to Glasgow in June and believes he is more than capable of doing damage against the cream of the continent in the 2023-24 campaign. In fact, he feels Furu Hashi, who signed a four-year contract extension during the summer, can be remembered alongside Celtic's all-time leading European goal scorer Larson in the future, if he does so consistently in the coming seasons. He said, He is obviously a top striker, What made Henrik unique was his longevity at Celtic. In my time we had Moussa Dembele who was fantastic and Lee Griffiths was terrific. Henrik was over a sustained period and that made him really stand out. That comparison I think comes with the movement and the levels of finishing. Kyogo is his own player. Henrik was a special player for Celtic, and so is Kyogo. It will be longevity that will decide where he compares. It's also about creating those moments, like Henrik did. Rogers is convinced Furo Hashi can get his name on the score sheet in the opening Group E match against Dutch champions Feyenoord here in Rotterdam this evening if he receives decent service from his Celtic teammates. And he said, it's about opportunity because there's no doubt he can score goals at this level. He's got the speed and the movement and the finishing. These are his mom- moments. Meanwhile, Rogers has insisted he is better placed as a manager to cope with the Champions League than he was during his first spell in charge of Celtic, and admitted he may take a more pragmatic approach in an attempt to secure a place in the knockout rounds. Rogers has led the Parkhead Club through to the group stage of Europe's Premier Club competition twice in the past, but his sides suffered heavy defeats at the hands of continental heavy weights Barcelona, Bayern Munich and Paris Saint-Germain when they got there and were unable to reach the last 16. However, the Northern Irishman believes he has learned from those campaigns and is well prepared for what lies ahead this term. He said, the years give you better experience and knowledge helps. The outlook for me, is that we have to work very hard and be very smart in our play to achieve at this level because of what we're playing against. In terms of me as a coach, in terms of all the experience and games I have had playing against top teams, then of course you learn from those experiences. But for us, it's about educated pressure. You look into each game, and what the needs are for each game. Our ultimate feeling is that we want to qualify. Rodgers recalled how a Premier League win over Manchester City at the Etihad Stadium in 2020 during his time as manager at Leicester City had made him realise that sometimes it makes sense to deploy more defensive tactics against quality opposition and he continued I felt at that game if we went toe to toe to play Manchester City at their game there was a big chance that they would win I could have turned around and said yeah but we tried how we play I wanted us to impose our way of playing of course but from a defensive perspective It is about closing spaces where normally you would go and press. It's about finding the balance. We have anticipation, but certainly not trepidation. This is where you want to be as a player, a coach or a manager at the highest level in club football in Europe. And to have that opportunity is really exciting. Report by Matthew Lindsay. Evening Times Sport September 19 Rangers' new strikers set Bear Your Teeth, Ibrooks Demand Report by David Irvin Alex McLeish has warned Rangers' striking pair Danilo and de Desers they must step up to the challenge at Ibrooks. The former manager reckons there is more to come from the forward pair, and urged them to bear their teeth after being left disappointed with their output against Celtic. Speaking to the Scottish Sun, McLeish said, "We have still to see these new guys bear their teeth. The Celtic game was disappointing, as they had a couple of rookies in defence, and the Rangers centre forwards never laid a glove on them." I don't mean that in a bad way, but they should have been running them ragged. Fair play to the two young defenders. They came out of it with flying colours, but from Rangers' point of view, the forwards did not turn up. For McLeish, there is no better example for the new Rangers strikers than Ali McCoist and Mark Hateley. He reckons Danilo and De Serres must follow that lead to establish themselves and become future club legends. Cyril de was ruled to have fouled Gustav Ligabuelke against Celtic, leading to Kamar Ruf strike being ruled out after a VAR check in a hotly contested decision. However, McLeish has urged the forward to be even more physical going forward, even if he must be mindful of VAR in the modern game. And he added, I know Danilo suffered a bad injury at the weekend, so it looks like he'll miss Thursdays. If the comes back in, should he show more physicality? Too right. We know the rules are different now. Players don't get away with the niggly things of years ago because the camera picks everything up. But you've still got to be robust. And impose yourself on your opponent, especially center forwards against defenders. Imagine what McCoyst and Hatley did in the past. The Rangers boys must establish themselves to that kind of level. That's the task ahead for them. They have to assert themselves to become future Rangers legends. That has to start right now. With the likes of Desers, he has to bear his teeth. Report by David Irvin. Evening Times Sport, September 19. Scottish Athletics success rewarded with sponsorship extension. Report by Susan Egglestaff. The recent success, both at elite and grassroots level, of Scottish Athletics has been rewarded with yet another long-term sponsorship deal for the governing body. Scottish Athletics has confirmed a three-year extension to the sponsorship agreement with the law firm Lindsay's, which will extend the firm's support of the governing body to 12 years. The Lindsay's cross-country season, which covers district and national events each winter, will now run through to the end of the 2025-26 season. Cross-country events in Scotland have boasted some impressive entry figures in recent seasons, regularly running well into the hundreds, with the 2022 Lindsay's short course having over 1,000 finishers. This new sponsorship deal will believe Scottish Athletics Chief Executive Colin Hutchison, helped strengthen the sport further. And he said, We are very pleased to announce a further three years of support for the Lindsay's cross-country season. Lindsay's first became involved in our sport back in 2014, so to commit to seeing that through now to 2026 is hugely encouraging for us. The aim at that time was to try and grow numbers at our national cross-country events and that's very much been happening. During the sponsorship, district relays and Masters events have been added to the roster. Covid of course had an impact in 2021, but the numbers since the return have been very good indeed and clubs responded. The support from Lindsay's helps our event presentation and our media comms around events, like the National XC. Last year, we added digital programs for big events and highlights on YouTube. We are all excited about another season starting and the continued backing from Lindsay's. Report by Susan Egglestaff. Evening Times Sport, September 20. Johnny Dixon going for glory on home waters. Report by Susan Egglestaff. It's home waters rather than home soil that Johnny Dixon is planning on taking advantage of over the coming week, and he is confident that having such intimate knowledge of what he calls the toughest canoe slalom course in the world, can help him produce the best performance of his career. Today, the Canoe Slalom World Championships will begin at the venue at which Dixon trains day in, day out, Lee Valley Whitewater Centre on the outskirts of London. Originally from Livingston, Dixon has become an integral member of Great Britain's international canoe slalom squad over the past few years, and these home world championships could not be coming at a better time for the 23-year-old. Having moved into Great Britain's senior squad this year, with a stellar under-23 career behind him, silver and bronze medals at the under-23 world championships were the highlights. Dixon has been encouraged by how he has adapted to the demands of competing at the top level of a sport in which fractions of a second are the difference between triumph and disaster. He says, making the British team in itself is an achievement and because the standard is so high within the British squad, you are expected to perform well On the international stage. Even before this season I was aware of my ability but what's been nice is to have had that verified. It's been a pretty good season so far with two world cup finals and I am ranked eighth with just one race to go so that's a good indication of consistency. There's been disappointments but they're all learning experiences And the way the sport is these days, with the standards being so high, the margins are so fine, and it's crazy how tight everyone is together in terms of times. Dixon's impressive form this season bodes well for the coming week, and the Scott goes into the biggest event on the 2023 calendar with the insider knowledge of the World Championships course at lee valley that only comes with being one of the select few who can call themselves great britain internationalists and it is the experience he has gleaned from having done literally thousands of runs down this week's course that he hopes will help separate him from the field he continues lee valley is probably the most difficult course in the world So being familiar with it definitely helps. The sheer volume of the water is what it makes it so tough. It's really big and powerful. And there's a lot of technical parts to the course too. Knowing it so well is a huge advantage. But with that also comes an element of pressure because everyone will be expecting the Brits to perform. Dixon who will race the K one K one team and CSLX events this week, is part of a Great Britain squad that's stacked with talent. Also in action in the coming days will be Olympic gold medalist Joe Clark, as well as former world champions Mallory Franklin and Kimberly Woods. Such pedigree makes it inevitable that expectations are high for the Great Britain squad, with the men's K-1 team, of which Dixon will be a part, almost certain to be battling for silverware. An individual K-1 medal will be more of a challenge for the Scot, but it is something that, if all goes to plan on the day, Dixon believes is by no means out of the question. He says, we've got high hopes in the team event. We've got three really strong boats so we're optimistic of doing well. If we can get down the course without picking up any penalties, I'd like to think we can definitely be in the medals. My expectations personally are definitely to make the final and then be pushing for medals. Although I am aware that, that means I'll have to produce a near-perfect performance. But if I'm going to do that, it's going to be here at Lee Valley. Making the final is the first step. Then it's about going for medals. Everyone that's on the start line in the final is capable of winning, but that also means strong athletes will miss out on medals too. Report by Susan Egglestaff. Evening Times Sport, September 20. Inverness make official approach for Celtic coach. Report by David Irvin. Inverness Caledonian Thistle have reportedly made an official approach to interview Celtic B-team coach Darren O'Day, the Parkhead youth coach was rumoured to be in the running for the championship job after Billy Dodds was sacked. And now the Daily Record reports that Inverness Chiefs have made an official report to open discussions with the former Ireland International. It is claimed Inverness made the approach after Celtic under-19s were beaten 3-0 by Fearnwood last night. Kevin Thompson Liam Fawkes and Neil McCann are also reportedly on a list of candidates, with former St. Johnson manager Callum Davidson a favourite with bookmakers. Former Island international O'Day began coaching at Motherwell under-18s after ending his playing career. Months later, he would head to Celtic to take up the position of under-18 manager before being promoted to B-Team boss in October 2021. Dodds was relieved of his duties as manager after a dire start to the season with Inverness rooted to the bottom of the championship with just one point from five matches. The former boss had only months earlier penned a new deal with the club before the announcement he and assistant Barry Wilson would move on. Sporting Director John Robertson and Academy Director Charlie Christie have been placed in charge of the team on an interim basis. Report by David Irvin. Evening Times Sport, September 20. Callum McGregor insists Celtic must learn from mistakes. Report by Aidan MacDonald. Callum McGregor insists Celtic must learn from their mistakes after the defeat to Feyenoord in Rotterdam. The Parkhead club lost 2-0 in the Champions League opener, with the visitors' lack of discipline proving costly. Gustav Ligabuelke and Odin Thiago Holm were sent off within minutes of each other to leave Brendan Rodgers' side with just eight outfield players. And McGregor feels Celtic must recognise their mistakes to improve. Speaking to TNT Sports, he said, It was a difficult game. I thought we started really well, and then they got the goal just before the break, and that undid all the good work we did in the first half. Obviously, to get two men sent off in quick succession takes the game away from you, But I think the boys hung in there well. It can easy go to three or four or five at that point, which is testament to the group. Hopefully they're going off thinking we did not give up and we did not quit. And there's another game to get them back at Celtic Park. We have to take the lesson of playing with 11 men at this level. It is hard enough with 11 players, never mind when you go down to 9, so we have to learn from that. Like I say, we have 5 games to try and get ourselves out of the group, but I think the most positive thing is how we started the game and did not give up when we went down to 9 men. We were still trying to defend the box and hang in there. It was a disappointing night, but we have 5 games to try and fix it. Report by Aidan Macdonald. Evening Times Sport September 20th Raskin misses Rangers training ahead of Real Betis Clash. Report by David Irvin. Nico Raskin was reportedly missing from Rangers training ahead of their Europa League match. Michael Beale's side enter the group stage of the competition at Ibrox tomorrow against Real Betis after dropping out of the Champions League play-off. Now, matches against Real Betis, Sparta Prague and the Aris Limassol await for Rangers in Group C of the competition. However, Sky Sports have reported that Raskin was missing from training at Okenhowie this morning Sparking fears of an injury blow. The reason for his absence remains unclear Meanwhile, Beal will definitely be without Ridvan Yilmaz and Danilo for the match The full-back, who played in the win over St Johnson at the weekend Is not part of the Champions League squad So is ineligible to play and Danilo is sidelined after undergoing surgery for a facial injury he picked up as he scored the opening goal for Rangers in Perth. The Brazilian striker was forced off seconds after scoring and was taken to hospital where he had surgery to correct a fractured cheekbone. In an update to fans on social media, Danilo wrote, Back home, the recovery begins. Back on the pitch in a few weeks. Report by David Irvin. Evening Time Sport, September 20th. Rogers says inexperience costs Celtic. Report by Aidan Smith. Brendan Rogers felt Celtic's discipline cost them as they suffered defeat against Feyenoord in the Champions League group stage opener. The champions lost 2 nothing in the Netherlands. Celtic competed well in the first half, but they shot themselves in the foot in the second, with Gustav Lagerbelke and Odin Thiago Holm both landing red cards in two separate instances. Rodgers had no complaints over the decisions, and he feels inexperience in his squad was to blame. He explained... The first one, you just have to shepherd it through to the goalkeeper. You don't have to get into the fight. It is going to go through to Joe Hart anyway. It is just inexperience from Gustav. Odin is a fantastic young player and he will learn from that. He is very committed. At any level, but in particular European football, you can't go to ground like that. You make it easy for the referee. I am really disappointed with the two sendings off. When you go down to nine men, it becomes very difficult. But what I will say is the spirit of the players was brilliant. Rogers is still confident that Celtic can be competitive in group E despite the defeat on match day one. And he added, We kept fighting. We kept working. We get to the last game of the group and play Feyenoord at home. Then we will be in with a fantastic chance. I feel for the players. The first 60 minutes was a very even game. We were playing against a team that had been doing very well. We more than matched them. We were disappointed with the first goal. We made a decision in the game to adjust the wall at the free kick, and it cost us. We have to take that. I don't mind players making decisions in game if it can work. Other than that, we were well in the game. Report by Aidan Smith Evening Times Sport, September 20 Ollie Smith eager for another taste of World Cup action. Report by Martin McMillan Ollie Smith's first taste of playing for Scotland at a World Cup has left him craving more after he was blown away by the atmosphere inside the awesome Stade Velodrome. The Scots kicked off the tournament with an 18-3 defeat by South Africa in front of 63,586 people in the Marseille Arena a week past Sunday. Although the result did not go as planned, 23 year old fullback Smith, the youngest member of the Scotland squad, was delighted to savor his first World Cup outing after replacing Darcy Graham for the closing 15 minutes. And he told the PA news agency, playing in the game in Marseille was pretty special. It was awesome probably the coolest stadium I've ever played in. The atmosphere was mental as well. It was really loud and obviously there were thousands of fans across from Scotland to make it that extra bit special. It definitely whets the appetite for the other games in the tournament. The defeat to South Africa means Scotland have no margin for error left if they are to reach the quarter finals. Gregor Townsend's side must win all three of the remaining pool matches against Tonga, Romania and Ireland. Having been idle last weekend, they will return to action against the Tongans in Nice. Said Smith, We definitely still believe we can get out of the group. We have spoken a lot about how we feel we can do something special, in this World Cup. We believe we have got a good group of players with good strength and depth and we feel we can go far in this tournament. We know we need to bounce back from last weekend and Tonga is a good opportunity to do that. There's still plenty of rugby to be played against Tonga, Romania and Ireland. So you never know what can happen. We are still focused on getting out of the group and we're going to have to win all three with good score lines to do that. While the Scottish players were visibly dejected after failing to do themselves justice against the box, Smith feels that having a fortnight between matches, a period which included a few days of downtime with family members, This has helped them banish any lingering negativity ahead of facing Tonga. The squad returned to the training pitch last Thursday and are focused on getting the victories they need against Tonga and Romania to ensure their hopes of progressing remain alive, going into what could be a mouth-watering qualification shootout with Ireland in Paris next month. Said the Glasgow back, the last week has been a nice period to rest. It's now just about focusing on that next job. Looking forward to Tonga. We have reviewed where we went wrong against South Africa and we are trying to improve for Tonga and Romania. It's all about looking forward rather than looking back. Report by Martin McMillan. Evening Times Sport, September 21. Aaron Ramsey takes aim at Van Bronckhurst for Rangers penalty miss. Report by Aidan Smith. Aaron Ramsey has opened up on his penalty heartache after Rangers lost out against Frankfurt in the Europa League final. The Welshman was the unlucky man to miss in the penalty shootout as Giovanni van Bronckhorst's side went so close to creating European history in Seville. The miss still haunts Ramsay to this day, but he pins some of the blame on his manager for not throwing him into the action earlier than he did. He told 4 I just wish that I'd played longer in the final. I felt I could have brought something different to the table had I come on a bit earlier. I was essentially brought on solely to take a penalty in the shootout, which I'm not sure is the best idea. That played on my mind as I went to take it, instead of being clear about where I wanted to put it. I'm still gutted that I missed that penalty, and gutted for the fans that we could not lift the trophy for them. I was really excited to go to Rangers. I wanted to experience the old firm Derby and I knew they were playing in the Europa League, which I was pretty excited about. I had a couple of injuries due my time there, which made it difficult to get into any kind of rhythm. I also had a horrible case of COVID shortly before I signed, which meant I didn't arrive in the best shape and it was no surprise that my body broke down. Reflecting on his time in Glasgow, Ramsay added, It was frustrating, but I still made some great memories. The incredible run to that final, playing in an old firm game, scoring in an old firm game, and lifting the Scottish Cup. It's a special club. Report by Eden Smith Evening Times Sport. September 21. Celtic winger reveals dressing room response to red card pair. Report by Matthew Lindsay. The red cards which Gustav Lagerbielke and Odin Tiago Holm received in the space of six kilometres minutes against Feyenoord on Tuesday night might have effectively ended Celtics' hopes of salvaging a result in their Champions League opener. Yet, as Callum McGregor and his teammates sat in their dressing room, deep in the bowels of the Cope following a two nothing defeat that left them rooted to bottom spot in Group E, nobody was holding the peer responsible for the bitterly disappointing result. There were no fingers being pointed at the young centre-half and midfielder, or blame being apportioned, just the arms being placed around their shoulders and words of encouragement offered. Said Celtic winger Yang, the two players felt very sorry for the team, but the rest of the team were very supportive and told them it was not a big thing. We have to get over it as a team and be professional. Yang, who came on for Louis Palma when Celtic still had 11 men on the part, is certain the togetherness which exists within the Scottish Champions squad will enable them to recover from the reverse and ensure they produce improved performances in their remaining matches. He saw enough during the course of the opening hour in the Netherlands, to make him believe that Brendan Rodgers' team can still achieve their objective on the continent this season and reach the knockout rounds of either the Champions League or Europa League. He said, As much as Feyenoord is one of the best Dutch teams, I believe that Celtic is also one of the best teams in Scotland. So of course I got much confidence from this game. I am definitely sure that we can show our confidence in our coming matches. I believe Celtic is a team that recovers very quickly. We have shown that in our last couple of matches. We had a draw, but we went out and won our next two games. The next two matches at home are a great opportunity for us to get over this and bring back our team fates. We had two red cards early in second half, which was very disappointing. It was disappointing for me because we didn't have much time to show what we had prepared. But, because we are very professional, I believe in our team. We still kept going on and doing what we can do. Before the red cards, I definitely believed that we could win. I could see from all of his supporters the great backing they were giving us. But even after the red cards, I still hung on to the hope. Yang feels that Celtics never say die attitude is typified by Joe Hart. The former England goalkeeper was partially at fault for the first goal that the treble winners conceded just before half time but he responded by saving a penalty in the second half after, Lega like had been ordered off for a second bookable offence. Said Yang, I definitely think that Joe has one of the best mentalities as a player. When I see him, I learn that even though I make mistakes, I have to get over them very quickly and learn from them. Yang has longed to play in the Champions League since he was a boy growing up in his native South Korea and was proud when he came on to make his debut in Europe's Premier Club competition in Rotterdam. However, he now wants to help Celtic bounce back from the Feyenoord loss in their second Group E match against Italian rivals Lazio at Parkhead next month and end their six year wait for a win. He said, it is a moment that I had dreamed of since I was a kid. Regardless of the result, it was a great honor for me to play in this league. I am very much looking forward to the next matches and to show what I can do. I don't think the result has ruined my dream coming true because we have five more games in front of us and we will be more prepared for the next games. I believe that we can win, and I believe that winning mentality is what we need at Celtic right now. I know Lazio is a very good team, but I believe Celtic are as good as them, and I am very much looking forward to the next match. Report by Matthew Lindsay Evening Times Sport September 21. Jota could end Al-Itihad contract. Report by David Irwin. Former Celtic winger Jota is reportedly considering terminating his contract with Al-Itihad just months after his £25 million transfer exit from Celtic. The 24-year-old made the lucrative switch to the Saudi Pro League in the summer but has endured a nightmare time since departing Glasgow. Jota has played just 133 minutes of football across five appearances for his new club since joining and has been removed from the squad list for league matches. Reports previously revealed Jota was taken out of the al Ittihad squad registration for domestic fixtures, due to a rule limiting clubs to just eight foreign players. As a result, Jota is ineligible to play in the Saudi Pro League, but can feature for the club in the AFC Champions League and Club World Cup. On top of that, manager Nuno Espirito Santo confirmed last week that the player is currently nursing an injury. He said, Jota left the Al-Hilal match due to injuries and is currently improving. There is nothing serious. I will meet with the medical team to determine his readiness, but a return date is unknown. Now it is claimed Jota is considering opening discussions with Al-Etihad chiefs over terminating his deal but he still wants to receive his agreed salary. Transfer specialist Rudy Galletti claims Jota is debating whether to wait until January for a chance to be reinstated to the Al-Itihad squad or discuss termination. However, one complication to any possible contract termination could come from the salary issue with Jota on a wage worth up to a reported £200,000 per week. Galetti claims Jota would want his salary paid in full by al Ittihad for a termination agreement to be finalised to scrap his three-year deal. The journalist reports Al-Itihad decided that Jota will stay out of the team list until the winter transfer session. He is now evaluating, either to wait until January, hoping that the club's and Nuno's decision will change, or start talks to terminate his contract, asking for full salary. Report by David Irvin. Evening Times report, September 21. Liam Scales Form. Attributed to Pride Report by Matthew Lindsay Alistair Johnson has suggested that Liam Scales' deep pride at playing for Celtic has been partially responsible for the Irish centre-half's outstanding form since being promoted to the Parkhead first team this season. Scales, who was named man of the match after the one nothing singe Premiership triumph over Rangers at Ibrox earlier this month, was excellent once again in the Champions League match against Feyenoord in Rotterdam on Tuesday night. The Scottish champions, who had Gustav Legabilke and Odin Tiago Holm sent off in the second half of the Group E match, lost 2-0 to their Dutch rivals at the end of the 90 minutes. However, the Irish defender enhanced his burgeoning reputation further with his assured individual display. Johnston predicted the imminent return of vice captain Cameron Carter Vickers, whom manager Brendan Rogers is hoping will be available again next month from injury, will help Celtic in their bid to reach the knockout rounds. Of Europe's premier club competition. However, the Canadian right back confessed he has been taken aback by how well Scales, who spent last term at Aberdeen and was set to go out on loan again before the treble winners suffered an injury crisis, has acquitted himself. He said, We had a really difficult spell a couple of weeks back when it just felt like centre-halves were dropping like flies. But we're starting to get these guys back, and it's giving us confidence. We have guys like CCV and Kind of the Big Names, who have been mainstays in this team in the past couple of years, and also in our travel campaign, coming back. That's something that definitely gives us confidence, especially going into the rest of these games. But at the same time, the guys who have stepped up have done well. I think Liam has been unbelievable since coming into this role. A lot of people probably felt they'd never see him in a Celtic kit again. He's been one who has just taken it and grabbed it with both hands and has not let it go. Arguably, he's been our best player these past couple of matches. That's been really impressive, seeing it as a player on the pitch, just seeing the confidence he plays with. I wouldn't have seen him before, but I knew what he'd done at Aberdeen the previous year. I've been blown away with his composure on the ball. He's been better on the ball than I could have imagined. No matter what's going on in the match, he's composed on the ball, finding his passes, And that's something I'm really impressed with. He's also one of those guys who has not shied away from the moment. He throws his body about, gets in there, and he loves a tackle as well. He's one of those guys who plays for the badge. And you never knock that. Report by Matthew Lindsay. Evening Times Sport, September 21. Barry Ferguson: "No Hiding Rangers Warning." Report by David Evans. Barry Ferguson has warned the Rangers squad they cannot hide behind Michael Beale as he demanded they start producing on the pitch. The Ibrox squad had a huge turnover in the summer, with Beale backed by the board in a thirteen million pound revamp of the playing staff. However, that has not stopped a sticky start to the new season, with pressure on Beal to start well in Europe after defeat to Celtic and Kilmarnock in the league already. Rangers hero Ferguson reckons the time has come for the players to step up to the mark and deliver for Beal, as he insisted they cannot hide behind the manager, and similarly He warned that they have had enough time to adapt to the Scottish game. Ferguson on the Go Radio football show said, I said it, there's got to be a collective responsibility. I get the manager signs the players and coaches them, picks the starting 11, but the players cannot hide behind the manager. Once you cross that white line, It's on you to produce the goods. You cannot play well all the time. I totally get that. But one thing is that if you are not playing well, you try and grind results out. As I said, there's no excuses now. They have been here long enough. They understand the expectations and demands of playing with Rangers and now need to start producing the goods on the pitch. Report by David Irvin. Evening Times Sport, September 21. Cifuentes set Rangers' challenge. Report by Ronnie Esplin. Michael Beale believes it is time for Jose Cifuentes to step up after revealing Nicholas Raskin would miss the Europa League opener against Real Betis at Ibrooks tonight. The Rangers midfielder picked up a calf injury in the 2-0 singe Premiership win over St. Johnston at McDermott Park on Saturday. Raskin joins fellow midfielder Todd Cantwell and Brazilian striker Danilo on the sidelines, the latter having an operation on a fractured cheekbone sustained in scoring the first goal in Perth. Ecuador international Cifuentes has had an unconvincing beginning to his Rangers career after signing from Los Angeles SP in the summer and will vie with Ryan Jack for a midfield berth in the coming weeks. Boss Biel said, Nico is out until after the international break with a calf problem. He took a kick in the game and it has given him a problem. So he, Todd and Danilo are missing. I saw Danilo yesterday. He still looks sore if I'm being honest. He had successful surgery on the area. It is not just one area though. He will be back in non-contact training at the back end of the international break. So ideally, he will be back the first week after the October international break but it might be a couple of weeks after that. The reason Sifuentes did not play at the weekend is that he didn't arrive back from South America until Friday morning, where he had played at altitude. So he is ready to go, and Ryan Jack is there as well, so it doesn't change in us having options. Jose came in very late and did some good things in his first couple of games, and then he was away on international duty. This is his moment. He has been here for a while now. I said recently that the new players have been here long enough. He was the last one to come in, but I still think he is ready. Report by Ronnie Esplan Evening Times Sport September 21 St. Johnson launch New Third Kit Report by Aidan Smith St. Johnson have launched a new charity third kit with all profits going towards Confon's Stables RDA who help to teach people with varying disabilities how to ride horses. The Slick Black Teal Magenta Kit is available for pre-order now and will be delivered to supporters at the end of November. Saints Honorary President Jeff Brown set up the charity in 2015 to create a riding for the disabled facility. The self-funded charity is dedicated to improving the lives of people with disabilities through the provision of horse riding and horse care. Can Fons stables RDA provide opportunities for therapy, achievement, enjoyment, improving health, well-being and self-confidence, as well as benefiting mobility and coordination? Speaking of his delight at the partnership, Brown explained, This is a very special partnership for me to be involved in. To have this partnership between my club and Confonds Stables RDA, both of which mean so much to me, is an occasion I will not forget. I have always kept the two separate, but this was a special occasion that would help raise money and better the lives of disabled people in the Perthshire area. The more money we raise, the more people we can help. Confonds Stables RDA Helps provide incredible experiences for people with varying disabilities through the use of horse riding. I am extremely proud of this partnership, and I hope everyone likes the new kit. Stan Harris, St. Johnson's CEO, added, I am very proud that we have been able to launch a charity third kit this season, with all profits going towards Confond Stables, RDA. This is a charity set up by our honorary president, Jeff Brown, and one that he holds extremely close to his heart. We decided to go with an all-black kit whilst incorporating the popular teal and magenta colour scheme into the design after it resulted in the best-selling away kit the club has ever produced. We feel this has created a striking design that fans will love. Resulting in a great product that will also help raise money for a fantastic local charity with strong ties to St. Johnson. Having worked closely with Jeff on the design and partnership, he was delighted with the final product and is proud to have his charity at the forefront of this endeavour. Report by Aidan Smith. Evening Times Sport. September 22. Isco insists Rangers were lucky to beat Real Betis. Report by Mark Walker. Real Betis star Isco insists Rangers were lucky to beat them in their opening Europa League group stages encounter. The Ibrox side got off to an excellent start in their section with a one nothing win against the La Liga stalwarts. Spanish international Isco, who has 38 caps, was at the centre of a controversial incident when he fell to the ground, clutching his face after a clash with Rangers captain James Tavernier, only for TV replays to prove there was no contact. But the former Real Madrid star was gutted, they lost the game and said, if we play like that in every match, then we will win more games than we lose. Luck was on Rangers' side. We had plenty of chances in what was a tight game. They scored a fortunate goal. We then pressed them for an equaliser, but it was not to be. Look, we know we had chances to score here in the first half and in the second half and I think we took the wrong options too many times. It's a lesson to us at this level that we need to take our chances. His manager, Manuel Pellegrini, also felt the Spanish club were unlucky to come away from Govan with nothing. The former Manchester City boss felt the scoreline was not a fair reflection of the fixture, and he told Spanish TV, I think it's an unfair result, considering what happened on the pitch. I'm very happy with the team's personality. They went out looking for the game from the start. From a corner, they unbalanced the game. Report by Mark Walker Evening Times Sport September 22 Bill insists Rangers' pressure is still on. Report by Aidan Smith. Michael Beale dismissed the notion that the pressure has eased after Rangers defeated Real Betis at Ibrox in their opening Europa League group stage clash. In a tight affair, Abdallah Sima's strike, just after the hour mark, ensured the Govan outfit got off to a winning start in Group C over their La Liga rivals. Beal, who was under pressure heading into the game, has now won two games on the bounce, but he insists his team need to keep winning to build positivity around the club. And he explained, We have to win at the weekend, and then we have a quarter-final in midweek. Another home game on Saturday, I watched Aberdeen earlier, and they did really well over in Frankfurt listen the pressure for me and these players or the expectation is just around the corner we will enjoy tonight and then tomorrow morning we have to get back into it there are areas of our game that we need to improve but in terms of the work rate the desire and the passion i will take that it is a great start for us i have one of the best jobs in the world I am the manager of Rangers Football Club. It is a huge privilege and you have to enjoy this. Tonight I was manager of Rangers against Real Betis in the Europa League. A packed house. We won. What is there not to love? Bill also hailed the performance of Ben Davis, who has registered two clean sheets in past two games after not featuring at the start of the season and added, Ben has been very gracious and handed the goal over to Sima. What about him though? He comes into the season injured. He misses up until the international break. A lot has been said about him from the outside, and the last two performances from him have been outstanding. Two clean sheets since he has come back into the team. Report by Aidan Smith Evening Times Sport, September 22. Davis insists Sima can have a Real Betis goal. By Stuart Wilson. Rangers defender Ben Davis insists Abdallah Sima can have the winning goal against Real Betis. The hosts edge the competitive Europa League opener one nothing at Ibrox. Thanks to a finish from the on loan Brighton forward in the second half. While it was not clear at first who got the final touch, UEFA officially awarded the strike to Sima, and Davis was happy for his teammate to take the plaudits. Speaking to TNT Sports, he said, Sima got the last touch, I think. Let him have it. I am not sure to be honest as I will have to see it back. But let the striker have that one, and I will take the clean sheet. It was a good game. I think in the first half we were disappointed we were not as good on the ball. But near the end of the first half, we grew in possession and looked after the ball. In the second half we did better, and we are thankful to get the win. The Europa League at Ibrox is special, so you always want to be involved. It is a good result for us, and we now have four home games in a row, so we need to just keep winning. Sima agreed that he got the decisive touch to make sure Rangers took maximum points on match day one, and said, Yeah, if Ben had kicked it, he would have kicked my foot, so I think I scored the goal. The most important thing is the win, and the fact I scored make it even better. Scoring here brings something special, so I am happy I can help the team and score more goals and assists. Report by Stuart Wilson Evening Times Sport, September 22 Rangers revive famous Europa League nights. Report by Ewan Booth Robertson Thursday nights under the lights at Ibrooks evoke strong memories for the Rangers support. Real Betis provided the opposition on the return to the Europa League for the first time since an incredible return culminated in the final in Seville just 16 months ago. Belinda Carlyle reverberated around the famous Govan venue, when at last hosted this competition, as John Lundström was serenaded after his heroics against Leipzig, made the unthinkable a reality. There has been significant change at Ibrox, both on and off the pitch, since Frankfurt inflicted heartache in the Spanish heat. Even the most optimistic supporter would not expect this European campaign to end in Dublin. But what is football without dreams? Giovanni Van Bronco's considerable achievements as a player and manager mattered little when the natives turned following a string of insipid displays. Michael Beel, heralded as the brains behind Stephen Gerrard's successes, returned amid considerable fanfare, but the pressure has quickly intensified upon him. Few expected Rangers to navigate past the PSV to receive the prestige and finances of the Champions League group stage, but discerning voices grew louder after the manner of defeat in Eindhoven. A return to the Europa League provided a safety net to the disappointment in Holland, but a lack of excitement was palpable, as kick-off approached against real betters, Concerns over an uncharacteristic, low attendance were unfounded, but a sense of apathy lingered. Tickets for European nights at Ibrooks are usually gold dust, but there were some empty seats in the broom lawn, as confetti rained down from the stand, after another impressive TIFO display. The decibels ramped up as the players exited the tunnel, and pre-match tension was replaced with a cautious optimism. Bill named an attacking line with Tom Lawrence continuing as an advanced midfielder with Rabbi Matondo and Abdallah Sima, providing the width that Rangers have badly lacked throughout the campaign. Rangers responded to the roar of their support, from kick-off, and Matondo looked certain to continue his recent redemption after five minutes. The winger displayed his electrifying pace as he burst clear of Hector Bellerin, which is no mean feat, but his shot was tame and Claudio Bravo saved easily. The former Manchester City and Barcelona goalkeeper was a bystander for the next 30 minutes as the Spanish began to control proceedings. Isco found pockets of stage and groans were detected among the home support as Rangers gifted up possession far too easily. Jose Corventus was particularly culpable. There was a huge sense of excitement this summer as Beale embarked on a rebuild that the vast majority of the support demanded. Stalwarts in that run to Seville, departed in Scott Arfield, Alan McGregor, Alfredo Morelos and Ryan Kent. None of the new additions this summer have stepped up in their absence yet, with the exception of Jack Butland. The Englishman faced an unenviable task to replace the legendary McGregor, but the experienced goalkeeper has exuded confidence and authority. A fingertip save as half-time approached, maintained parity on the score sheet, and it was just one highlight of another assured performance. Amid much criticism of Rangers' performances of late, Beal has repeatedly highlighted their domestic defence record. A clean sheet in Europe had evaded Rangers and Ben Davis in particular can take huge confidence from his display. The centre-back has failed to shine since joining from Liverpool last summer and his eyebrows career appeared over earlier this summer, but he expressed a desire to stay and fight for his place. It's still early days, but that decision looks increasingly wise as he continues to build on his partnership with Connor Goldson. There was polite applause as referee Lorne's Bizarre blew for half-time, as belief replaced the pre-match apprehension. Rangers arguably lacked confidence in some of the play during the first half, but they improved dramatically after the interval, and their dominance lifted the home support as they began to reminisce of special nights in this competition. Two Welshmen dazzled as Matondo ignited his afterburners and Tom Lawrence showcased his excellent football. Lawrence made his first start in over a year against St Johnson on Saturday after injury and there was concern when his evening was prematurely ended. Rangers appeared to draw energy from the crowd as they began to pepper the better's goal as the second half continued. The much-maligned Blona Barisich smashed a free kick off the bar and Sam Lammers, lively after his introduction, had two goal-bound efforts blocked. The second-half display was arguably their best of the season, especially when the quality of the opposition is factored in and they were rewarded when Ben Davis bundled home. There was some dubiety over who got the final touch, with Abdallah Sima credited within the stadium and by UEFA, but it will ultimately matter very little, as it proved to be the winner. It was a deserved win, and one that Beal badly needed, and he will hope this can kickstart an underwhelming season. If Rangers fans were downbeat about their prospects ahead of kickoff, the rows at full time will have them dreaming of another European run, says Ewan Robertson. Evening Times Sport September 25. James Bisgrove opens up on Rangers Stadium expansion. Report by Ewan Peyton. James Bisgrove has teased that expansion works at Ibrox are in the pipeline in the near future. Rangers CEO revealed in yesterday's programme notes that the club plans to develop the stadium as well as its training facilities under his watch. Previewing the game against Motherwell, which finished one nothing to Michael Beale's side, around half of Bisgrove's section was occupied by the topic of the club's training ground. But it was his sign-off that will have certainly attracted the most attention among supporters. He wrote, Plans to further enhance both the Rangers training centre and aybrooks by way of stadium expansion and upgrades to facilities remain high on our agenda and we look forward to detailing further plans in the near future. This followed on from Bisgrove touching upon England's use of Rangers training facility during the recent international break. Gareth Southgate and his players utilized the facility earlier this month as they prepared to take on Scotland at Hampden Park in a friendly encounter. Bisgrove was delighted that Rangers were able to welcome the England national team, insisting it speaks volumes for the standard of the set-up the club has at Ochenhowie. And he continued, It was very pleasing to welcome England to a training ground ahead of their recent match with Scotland. The current men's setup is undoubtedly elite. They expect and have the best of everything. For them to recognise the Rangers training centre as they preferred location to prepare for a match they evidently took very seriously is a massive compliment to us as a club. The current board and investors have provided significant funds to ensure what was already the best training facility in the country was taken to a whole new level and we are very proud to have a training ground on par with many of Europe's top clubs. Meanwhile, Michael Beale has admitted the injury to Rabbi Matondo could be a bad one. The Rangers' winger was forced off in the first half of the 1-0 win over Motherwell after taking a knock to the outside of his knee. In his post-match press conference, citing the knock, Bale explained, it does not look like a good one. Rabbi today, we think that might be a bad one. He's taken a blow on the outside of his knee. Report by Ewan Payton Evening Times Sport September 25 Celtic managed heart dismissal very well in win. Report by Martin McMillan Celtic midfielder Matt O'Reilly feels his side can take heart from their game management after coping well with their latest red card. The singed premiership leaders were one nothing up at Livingston through Rio Hatati's penalty when goalkeeper Joe Hart was sent off for crashing into Mo Sangare but they went on to win 3-0. O'Reilly and Dazen Maida were also on target for the Hoops as they came through a tough test to maintain their lead at the top of the table. Celtic had two players sent off in their previous game, but kept the score down to a 2-0 Champions League defeat by Feyenoord, which could be crucial to their prospects of European progress. O'Reilly said, I thought we managed it very, very well. We started the game really well, got an early goal, and were a bit unfortunate to go down to 10 men when we did. But in saying that, we were pretty much comfortable throughout the whole game. Defensively, we were really solid from front to back, so I'm really happy. It's about staying calm in your head when it gets to that point because we know we've got the quality to keep playing. As long as you're comfortable with the ball, you need to take in situations where you've got a man behind you. But as long as you're comfortable, it's not a problem. It was definitely a good test for us in terms of confidence and being able to keep clean sheets. Even on Tuesday night against Feyenoord, albeit we had nine men, I think the boys stuck it out for the whole game. O'Reilly took his goal tally for the season to four in eight matches, matching his total output for the whole of last term. And he added, I think it's just about resetting for each game and reminding yourself it's only the next game and the next game or training session so you can keep in that frame of mind. It's quite easy to come back to the centre and reset. So that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm feeling really fit, which is also a bonus if you feel better on the pitch. Livingston manager David Martindale believes Celtic have made progress both in Rotterdam and West Lothian. And he added, they showed true character and true spirit when they went down to 10 men. But we shot ourselves in the foot by giving away a really avoidable second goal. When I look at all three goals, they're really avoidable. Report by Martin McMillan Evening Times Sport September 25 Townsend exasperated over Rugby World Cup officiating Report by David Barnes Gregor Townsend was quietly satisfied with the way his team had bounced back from the World Cup opening weekend disappointment against South Africa to pick up a comprehensive bonus point win over Tonga, which keeps their dreams of qualifying for the quarterfinals of this tournament alive for at least one more week. But the head coach also expressed his anger and exasperation at the inconsistencies of the match officiating at this World Cup after last night's 45-17 victory over Tonga, after Tonga winger Tompe Popo escaped with a yellow and not a red card following his shoulder-on-head challenge on Scotland captain Jamie Ritchie. The incident led to a concussion deprived the Scots of Richie's service for 50 minutes of the game and means he will not be available for next Saturday's match against Romania, although he was likely to be rested for that match in any case. More concern is that the 12-day minimum time scale for the flankers' return throws major doubt over whether he will be back in time for what is said to be a win or bust clash with Ireland in Paris on 7th of October, 13 days after the injury was sustained. Rich's lay-off could very easily be longer if he does not pass one of the daily tests which will chart his recovery. Said Townsend, it's very disappointing that our captain, one of our key players, was hit in the head and had to be removed from the game. It's twice now that's happened because against South Africa, our number eight, Jack Dempsey, was hit in the head. Nothing happened that day and today it was only a yellow card. I heard the referee saying there was mitigation in terms of height for why it stayed as a yellow. I just don't understand what the tmo bunker and the three officials who are there to say are looking at. We are trying to look at ways to not give red cards rather than referee what is not a legal tackle and should be a red card, in my opinion. The banker system was introduced before this World Cup to allow foul play to be reviewed from multiple video angles by a separate match official while the game carries on. The purpose is to reduce the number of dangerous challenges in the game, but there has been a lot of confusion and frustration at how the technology is being implemented. Townsend added, The TMO bunker is not being delivered the way I thought it would be, which is only if the referee is not sure at the time whether it's a yellow card or a red card. I don't believe there's been a red card issued by a referee yet. They've all gone to the bunker. It's to help referees when they're not sure whether it's a yellow or red card, but it's taking the game away from the referees to make those decisions. If there is mitigation there for a player who runs into contact and gets hit in the head, I don't see it. It's supposed to be a late or sudden change in movement, but Jamie did not even carry the ball that low and got hit in the head. This tournament is our showcase, our opportunity to show what is legal and what is illegal, what we want out of the game. That's two tackles now, both upright, both hit in the head of our players. One had no sanction, not even a penalty, and the second one just had a yellow card. I don't think that's good enough. Turning his attention to the game more generally, Townsend said, I felt the players showed huge physicality today. The contact work, the ball carrying, and in terms of defence. We do defend in a different way. A lot of it is about riding the tackle and making sure that the ball is not slowed down. I thought we did that very well. It was an excellent physical contest, but I can only talk about the tackle that led to our captain being removed from the field and not being able to return. Townsend also delivered a strong message to Ireland, who are riding high after their epic victory over South Africa on Saturday night, that their progress to the knockout stages of the World Cup is not a foregone conclusion, despite their commanding position in Pool B, with three wins from three matches, and their excellent recent record against Scotland of eight wins from eight, by an average of 14 points per match. He snapped, reading a few comments after the game. It looked like Ireland were already in the quarter-finals. Even chatting to a few people today, they were saying it will be Ireland against New Zealand. Maybe that's already been decided. We know we have to win our next two games, and it's likely now we'll have to win with either a bonus point or deny Ireland a bonus point. But we've got a game next week to focus on, and we've got to get maximum points from that one first.
0: Report by David Barnes That concludes this week's edition of the Glasgow Times Sports Podcast. Please remember to subscribe to our channels at Cure and Review and to tell your friends about our service.